It's in the news today, but it was actually on TV Reload, the podcast, last week. Welcome, TV Reload listeners. My name is Benjamin Norris, and this is your podcast to get all the inside goss on the popular TV shows you may be watching from around the world. Undeniably, our TV sets are a major part of our home entertainment, and very little is known about how our favourite shows get made. Each episode, I find guests that want to dive just that little bit deeper into the shows they're currently making so that you can hear all their exclusive stories and gain access to the biggest names in television. I want to thank you for downloading or subscribing to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback, so make sure you leave a comment on your chosen podcast platform and I will make sure you feel as included in the production of this show as possible. On today's podcast, I have Jimmy Rees, who is currently appearing on season one of Network 10's Taskmasters. Jimmy Rees was an Australian children's entertainer, best known for playing the role of Jimmy Giggle on ABC Kids, but now he has switched kids' audiences for adults in plenty of comedy sketch roles across the country, including what we're talking about today, which is his latest series, Taskmasters, where Tom Gleeson and his trusty sidekick, Tom Cashman, have been setting a series of challenges, each more mind-bending and head-scratching than the last. You can catch up on 10 Play and weekly episodes are screened on Thursday nights at 7.30. I will ask about Jimmy's transition from children's entertainer to mainstream comedy. We will find out more about his inspiration for laughs and what the pandemic did for his career. I will ask him about his triumphant success with viral videos. Plus, we will get plenty of exclusives from behind the scenes of the first series of Taskmasters. Anyway, let's bring Jimmy into the podcast, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Jimmy, I have been a huge fan of your work for quite some time, so I'm very excited to be able to have this chat with you today. Awesome. It's great to be here. I'll stop it with the stop it with the fan. Are you flattering me? I'm blushing. <laughs> I know, but you know what's funny? Because I've got lots of kids in my life. I don't have kids myself, but I look after my friends' kids, and I spent so much time watching you as a children's entertainer, and then I didn't really see the transition of you becoming sort of, I'm going to say an adult performer, but that's probably. <laughs> I know, it like... doesn't sound right, does it? I don't, I don't own a poll. Sounds like you've got your own OnlyFans account. The hardest transition is not saying adult entertainment when you've come from kids entertainment, but you just say entertainment, I've learned. It's just entertainment. I can imagine that you had a lot of Australian entertainers that you looked up to, you know, before coming into the industry, you know, growing up, who were those sorts of entertainers that inspired you to, to go into television? Yeah, look, um, when I was in my teens, one of the biggest shows around at the time was like Rove Live and Thank God You're Here was around. I, I did love that show because it was just sort of improvised and silly and funny. And I don't know why I gravitated towards TV. I think, you know, a lot of people who they're wanting to get into entertainment or whatever, they, they kind of have this, oh yeah, well, I've TV, movies, radio, whatever it is, like they'll try and get into anything or they might do acting and then that involves like sort of TV and film and stuff. But I was more interested in just like those moments where people are having fun and being silly. And I think, you know, Rove Live was this huge show in in the mid-2010s sort of thing of a 2000 sort of time of just uh, this Tuesday night was this fun show. It was the Tonight Show. It wasn't really, we didn't really get the other ones from overseas at that time. It seemed like Rover was just this young guy having fun with his mates and then played all these silly games. And I don't know, it sort of gravitated towards that. It seemed like he was just being himself, being fun. And that's what I, that's why I enjoyed. But in my house, when I was a bit younger, my dad's um, originally from England and, and he, he moved out here when he was in his teens or something. But he, uh, but he just got that, he just loved watching British humor and, and British comedies. And 
and like the two Ronnies and uh, Hale and Pace and Monty Python and Mr. Bean. They were on all the time in our house. So that was something that I just loved. I guess that maybe with that physical thing, I, I did love, you know, sort of physical comedy. I was brought up, my stepfather was English. So our house, we played all of those shows were always yeah. on television. A lot of my humor that I lean towards is all of that kind of stuff. It's kind of like yeah. a little, it's a good school of comedy, really, to go through. Yeah, definitely. Even he had records and tapes of like the, the Goon Show and uh, like even Billy Birmingham's The, the Wired world of sports you know he does the cricket commentary and and uh richie benno is just sort of but that was on a record (laughs) like we we put it on the record and he had all sorts of different bits of media different things that i've turned into cds later on and stuff but even just radio shows that were were funny he had on in the background yeah so it was was a huge influence and then i think watching films and stuff i i did gravitate towards the silly kind of films like jim carrey movies and uh uh, yeah, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's always always been my you know, sort of bag. <laughs> Don't you think that we're really missing something? And I think you'd be perfect for this, but we're really missing a Tonight Show on television. And I know a lot of people <laughs> yeah. say that they're kind of a bit dated, but yeah. when we've got people like Margot Robbie coming into the country to promote Babylon yeah. or big name actors, we've got nowhere to take them. We've got nothing yeah. in the Australian industry to sit down and and we don't need to ask them the big questions. We want someone like you to have a relatable some moment. Fun. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. And I think, you know, some people say that that's um, like, you're correct. You know, oh, they're a bit dated. Oh, maybe it wouldn't work here. But if you watch the, the big American shows or whatever, half their audience is not watching the TV show. They are watching the online clips. They're watching every single else. They've built these little mini empires of just everything going on social and and, you know, YouTube channels, and then obviously there's the TV show, but I don't think the TV show, Tonight Show, or whatever airs in Australia at the moment, they probably don't need to because it's just so far penetrated across all social media and clips and this and that, and half of the things end up on the news because they did something silly with a celebrity and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's um, it's just coming at it from a different angle. Like, you have the show, and that's produced, and it's fun, but also it can have live this life online, I think, which is which could be absolutely perfect. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to an American producer who uh, works in nighttime TV in the States, and he was saying that all of the three shows that he's worked on, and he's worked on the top three shows over the last 20 years, and he said that they'd all be axed if it wasn't for the way in which people are consuming that content. And he said that's why they do games more now. There's there's not a lot of, you know, uh, an actual interview. It's more like, you know, getting Nicole Kidman to, you know, tie herself to a balloon and do all this kind of stuff. (laughs) But that's where the money is. And that's that's yeah. you. And it leads me to yeah. my question for you as well, which is, you know, being a kid's entertainer and then now working as an entertainer, <laughs> are they quite similar in some ways? I think the evolution of, it's funny because when, when I was at Kids TV, there's all this sort of research and stuff and saying that like kids' attention spans, especially when they're young, we're in the preschool, we're talking under mm. five, you know, their their attention spans are quite short so you've got to sort of change tack a little bit and keep it visual but with the evolution of tiktok and reels i feel like the adults are exactly the same now (laughs) our attention span has gone down a lot as well so yeah i think you could sort of you almost lob the two categories that they share a lot of similarities where they might not have before waiting one week to watch an episode of their favorite show like that's that's sort of it's still around and people still enjoy that but you know, binging something is is more prevalent these days, and uh, so yeah, I think you could argue a case that yeah, these these adult uh, adults and kids audiences are pretty similar. <laughs> it's interesting because you know people either want to binge something for 
an obscene amount of time, like go outside, yeah. open a window maybe, yeah. but they want to binge something or they want short, sharp comedy. And you've yeah. kind of become the king of short, sharp clips. I mean, I absolutely loved your skit that you did at the Logies. I was at the Logies yeah. and I absolutely... <laughs> pretty pretty sure I heard you because I was um I was interested because I don't usually... Like if it was, I, I was there, I did it, I edited yeah. it, I, I sent that in. I, I didn't need to watch it, but I um I was interested in how they would play it in the room and how it would appear on TV. So I did watch it live. I was like, oh yeah, they, they had the room live, you know, and the, the reactions. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's really really cool that everyone in the room was laughing along and it was it was fun and silly because uh yeah which, which was good so yeah i probably definitely did hear you laughing it landed really well i thought it was a really good skit and i mean i want to know because if the pandemic hadn't happened do you think you would have found because you've really found this niche you know it's flourished like you know you've probably yeah. started with a couple of videos but if the pandemic hadn't happened do you think that these skits might not have surfaced um, I think just the direction I guess they would have taken because um, I started with a lot of parenting stuff um, because I was inside and Victorian and we were in we were we were stuck in our houses for a, a long period of time in in mm. 2020 and and uh, I look I I knew I wanted to post stuff online I was you know contractually with the ABC I wasn't really allowed to do a lot you know like the stuff I'm doing now I never would have been allowed to do um, under my contract with as, as playing Jimmy Giggle and, and that was fine I'm absolutely cool What's with that What's Jimmy Giggle I, doing now Mom? Yeah I know exactly <laughs> yeah so um, I couldn't re- really live this other life online when I was um, under contract with the ABC and that's for, for reasons that I signed up for which was absolutely fine but I, I never really thought about it until maybe a couple of years towards the end I was like okay I, I really I just started writing down ideas and things and then we start, we had you know more kids and and I was like this is chaos you know so when the pandemic gave me the impetus to just get along with it get on with it I mean like I'd written down these things and I'd done different you know had different ideas but I was always a bit it's a bit nerve-wracking to put it out there even though I just spent 10 years on tv it was like being in my pajamas I was like I'm trying to entertain adults now this has a bit more gravitas to me I want to I want to get it right but having nothing to do and being at you know in in tv and entertainment during the pandemic is where everything went to zero it was um it just it really just gave me the launching pad to just do it but yeah i did start with like parenting sort of stuff which i think would have floated anyway and i got i got some really really great traction and i guess that you could put that down to a lot of people were on their devices and had nothing else to do anyway as well <laughs> um but i think they would have gone okay the, the whole spin on the on the states and the meanwhile in australia stuff obviously just grew from the pandemic and um yeah some of those clips have were definitely born out of that and i wouldn't have i wouldn't have gone down that track obviously but <laughs> yeah i think i think me evolving through that it just happened faster and faster and faster because there was new news every day i wanted to get it out there i had the time to do it i wasn't occupied or preoccupied by doing anything else so i think it sort of really throttled it uh i did it you know really fast in in i think i would have done got it there anyway but it was just like a rocket ship because it was people just wanted more they wanted to laugh i think for you as well you do comedy that i really appreciate which is a reflection on society and yeah. I think that was the perfect time because during something we'd never experienced like a pandemic, people behaved badly. And it yeah. meant that you could tap into making fun of, you know, people who behave badly, like the Karens, yep. you know? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And some of those skits wouldn't have existed, you know, like the Brighton ladies, yeah. you know, I don't think it mattered where you live. There was a bit of press about, you know, Brighton at the time as well, which was, you know, the Karen from Brighton who escaped Brighton because you'd walked all the streets or whatever. Um, but that was just born from, you know, someone sent me a message actually and said, 
the, the talk around Brighton is hilarious, you know, because the father is a, is not available, but you, you have to get the AstraZeneca if you're, if you're older. But then people in Brighton are always trying to look younger. They're injecting themselves with lip fillers and, you know, Botox and stuff. They want to look younger. But then if they get the vaccine that these available to them, if they're in their 50s or whatever, then they have to reveal their age and they don't want to do that. So they want to wait for the phaser. So that was just, I was like, that is that is something that's so funny and it's actually happening like in these places where, oh, I don't want to get that one just yet. You know, I'll wait even though I want to be safe. But it's just such a weird situation. So some of those characters would, yeah, I can absolutely have to put it down to the situation we're in. And I, I wouldn't have created that char- those sort of little characters and skits hadn't we been in that. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny looking around now. I just see videos all the time now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a video. That's a clip. <laughs> it's so funny. We, we have funny. to quickly talk about Taskmasters before I let you yeah. go, because that's what we're here for. And I am so excited about this show. You could not be in better company when it comes to the comedians of Australia. I want to know, because this came from, this concept came from England. Yeah. Were, were you wanting to dip in and watch a lot of that before you did the show? I, I can imagine for some comedians, they'd not want to see it at all because they yeah. sort of feel like they were mimicking it. You know, what was the process like for you? Did you binge watch what had been happening overseas or did you go into it blind? I had seen, it was a bit of both, actually. I had seen Taskmaster. I knew what it was. I'd seen many a clip online that popped up and I, I, I'd watched an episode or two, you know, over the last few years and stuff. So I, I knew what it was. I haven't watched whole series or like binged the whole lot. And I didn't do that. I, I purposely didn't watch heaps of it before I went into it. So, yeah, it was a bit of both. I knew exactly what it was. When they said, oh, you're up for Taskmaster, my agent called me and said, oh, yeah, you want to do Taskmaster? I was like, absolutely. I know exactly what it is. And I think that's right up my alley. Put me down for it straight away. But, yeah, no, I didn't. But then, like, in hindsight, and after the we've wrapped the series, I'm like, maybe I should have watched a little bit more. I, the only thing I would have, um, which I had an understanding of, is just some of the... Um, even watching like a couple of episodes in a row like that were sequential maybe that just would have been a bit more beneficial for i just think maybe the um the studio part of it because you actually it took me a couple of episodes to go oh we are we can reference back to other you know episodes mm-hmm. because they are shot in order and we are doing it that way it's usually some shows you you record these things and they'll be like oh even though that was the third episode we recorded we're going to put that number one because that was the best one so you, if things become out of order and they're very episodic and you you tune in for that episode it stands alone where this one is actually you could grow through the episode you could refer way back to episode one in episode nine if you want to everyone's seen everything and obviously we don't want to do that too much for people who are just tuning in a little later but yeah, it's it's um that's probably something I would have just maybe um, watched a couple couple more episodes and gone oh okay so they do that a lot. <laughs> series two, my friend. Series two. That's what you. That's what a series, series well, two series, is for. <laughs> well, series two will be new comedians. So oh, um, no. okay, that's well. how they that's how they operate. So which is really fun <laughs> actually. You do it one time, and if you have all the regrets in the world, bad luck. You're not doing it again. Which is funny. Which is really funny. So you are. You get through the series and you go, oh, if we did that again, and they're like, nope, sorry, we're going to get a fresh batch of people to do it, to go in blind, basically, yeah. which is the crux of the show. And that's what makes it raw and funny and silly because you get these tasks which are set. They're, I don't know how they come up with these things, but they're so random and they're really clever. And they then they set them up with little hints in them, but they, the hints can actually, you can be interpreted both like two different ways. So you might go down one road or the other. But in the stress of the moment, you come up with the most random things and they don't give you any clues and anything beforehand. You just literally, they roll the cameras, you do the task, 
they don't say anything how well you've done or anything and then you go on to the next one so it's really it's really quite fun and str- and like stressful at times <laughs> why do you think they chose to because they film parts of this in new zealand like and some of it in australia so you were kind of doing the tasks you know overseas and then coming back yeah. and the, the live audience stuff why why do you think they they decided to make the decision to to offshore some of that yeah, I think um, I think it was more of a like a logistical kind of thing. They had um, the production company has has um, produced the New Zealand series of Taskmaster. So we the the um, so like the house like if you've watched some Taskmaster, or the UK version or the New Zealand version or whatever, you'll know that the that all the tasks happen in like in inverted commas the Taskmaster house is which they you know rent this property for a week and they take over it and it's yours for the and they set things up in a shed they decorate it they do everything to it so every single task is happening there so the certain property has to have certain elements so i think instead of going and finding one you know like new zealand had already gone through all that so we used the same house as um as the new zealand version of taskmaster and they just obviously tweaked a few bits and pieces here it had like a pond down the back which they could use with a little boat and a jetty um there was plenty of space to you know run around in the field that was attached to the property so it had all the elements of a of a taskmaster house and i i, I just sort of wondered if they that was just like a, a something that was um that was easy for them to go okay well we've got the house sorted that we worked really well in the new zealand one so we'll just use that one and um and put our put our aussie comedians there so yeah that's why half of it was shot in new zealand it's a fun show you know before you go i have to ask you this last question what is something from behind so everyone gets this everyone has to ask i don't know why i'm talking like donald trump um (laughs) uh, everyone gets this question it's what is something from behind the scenes of making this show that we won't see on the program kind of like maybe a behind the scenes secret or maybe something quite funny that happened behind the scenes (laughs) um Oh my gosh, you put me on the spot. There's so many just random things that um that happen. Well, it's interesting because most like the tasks you do, you don't see anyone else. You know, like there's a few group tasks, but you see like I saw Luke and Nina were in my um group for like five group tasks or something, and that was it. I didn't see anyone else. I didn't know how anyone else did it. So behind the scenes, there's a lot of like lonely Jimmy sitting in a thing waiting for like eating lunch by myself, waiting for the next task to start. <laughs> That's Isn't something it- probably people wouldn't know. But then um, when we got to the studio, there was yeah plenty of moments which obviously won't make the cut um, because they got a little bit rude and, um, <laughs> you know, they gave a bit like not fit for TV, 7.30 time slot. Yeah, I think Julie Morris went um, down a few rabbit holes of uh, talking about a recent divorce, which she does talk about on the show, uh, but it just gets a bit too uh, bit too naughty. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there was – which didn't make – it's not in the series, but they get you to do these random things. Um, and I, I, don't, I didn't even talk to Julia about this in the end, but one of my tasks was write Julia Morris uh, 30 fan letters, um, but you can't say that it's you. Yeah. So I'm stressfully in like 30 minutes. So I got to write one a minute, a fan letter on these pieces of paper. And I'm, you know, putting crayons and like textures and some decorating with, I don't know, glitter and stuff. <laughs> and then at the end of the task, Tom Cashman pulls out another envelope and says, All right, now you've, in the next couple of months before we get to episode whatever, you have to send them to her. Oh like actually God. send your fan letters to Julian, the, the real Julia Morris. I'm like, Oh, no. <laughs> So I didn't say anything to her and it didn't pop up in the series because, you know, they, they they shoot extra tasks and stuff, you know. So, yeah. um, but I haven't actually spoken to her about it, but she got 30 letters from these random people. It's like, I made up names. I made up all these different things. I like put lipstick on and kissed one of them. I'm like, oh. 
so she's how have you not asked Julia mail. about this how I know you... because I didn't know if they would use it after I, I had to I, I didn't know if they were but when I see her next I'm going to ask her and say did you get 30 letters at random sporadic times from these like, random I just had people a divorce. I, I needed I needed all the love I could get I don't care who sent them I don't care maybe if it was you <laughs> yeah maybe she's sad that they've ended She's like, oh, they stopped sending them. Just keep, it, keep it up. So, yeah, that's something I need to confront. With. That's something behind the, you know, like, which, yeah, which is kind of random, <laughs> I guess. Jimmy, I honestly, I think you are so funny and I think you're so talented. And I think that this is the tip of the iceberg on where you're going to go with your career. Uh, I think Australia will love watching you on Taskmasters. I've seen a little bit of it. It's very funny. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sort of talking Thanks, a little bit mate. about it. That was a great no. chat. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Taskmaster is really fun. I think uh, I think a lot of um, people if they haven't seen it before will will really uh, will really enjoy it. So yeah, tune in seven thirty.